celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas. The Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. From the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf flow, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Wednesday as we begin another racing week heading into a big, big summer holiday. That's right. Coming up on Monday is Memorial Day, the official opening of summertime around the country. And so we'll be having shows uh, all through the weekend, and we will have a special Monday. Memorial Day, Race Day, Las Vegas radio program at our usual start time on the weekdays, like right now from 7 to 8 a.m. Pacific time. So welcome to the show on this holiday week as we ramp it up from your gaming capital world, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at our studio station, home base, Sports Talk, 1400 a.m. in Las Vegas. And about 11 uh, minutes after 7 a.m. Pacific time on this Wednesday here in uh, Las Vegas, looking out the uh, window of the uh, studio. There's some of those thin clouds overhead, you know, that stop the sun from coming through. All right, so the thin clouds are out there, but it's not a big deal. We're going to have sunshine, and it's going to be, right now, it's 77 degrees. 77 right now here in Las Vegas. We're going to top out at 97 today with sunshine. And the forecast for the rest of the week, right through Memorial Day Monday, we're going to be... In the 90s, we're going to top out at the 90s and in the mornings between the high 60s, low 70s. Yeah, mid 70s maybe. It's going to be beautiful weather all week here in Las Vegas. So if you're already thinking about, what am I going to do for Memorial Day? You might want to come here and join us. Popular place on Memorial Day, that three-day weekend. And uh, so it goes. Big Memorial Day coming up. And with that, a lot of great racing as well. A lot of great racing on the Memorial Day weekend, uh, you know, starting on Saturday. You'll have nine stakes races, two at Santa Anita. Big uh, stakes races this weekend at Santa Anita. Sunday, the 28th of uh, May, we'll kick in with uh, a stake at Monmouth and Golden Gate and Hawthorne. Santa Anita will have five stakes races on Sunday. Belmont will not have one. 
because they're going to have their cluster of stakes races on Monday, Memorial Day, where Belmont will host six stakes races. Lone Star Park's going to have six stakes races. Santa Anita, three. Monmouth, Golden Gate, and Churchill Downs, uh, a stakes race apiece on Monday. So overall, we're going to have 35 stakes races over the three-day Memorial Day weekend uh, spread across the country on the uh, racetracks that we have our racing menu, and we're going to have a lot of good times. Now, Santa Anita is going to guarantee $1 million in the Pick 6 jackpot to a single ticket on Saturday or Sunday, and on Monday, Memorial Day, no matter what happens those two days, they're going to have a mandatory payoff in the Pick 6 jackpot pool. So that's good stuff. So we got good stuff happening all over the place. And our handicappers, oh, they're sharpening the pencils. They're going to have a lot of winners for us. As Mr. Uh, Jonathan Hardoon did on uh, Sunday, he gave us a couple of winners. Yeah, I can't wait to hear him crow when he gets on a little bit later. And as far as the weather across the country is concerned, up and down the Pacific Coast, clear, Gulf Coast, uh, a little bit of action going on uh, right around Mississippi, Louisiana, and the panhandle of Florida. On the Atlantic side of the issue, uh, we got a uh, little action going on on the Atlantic side of Florida, but it's already passing over and uh, getting into the uh, Atlantic Ocean. And as far as the rest of the country, just a little speck here and there, etc. Typical summer-type weather, that's for sure. And that's how we start our Wednesday, May 24th, Race Day Las Vegas radio program. Your date, 524-2023. And we welcome everybody here in Las Vegas and across the country, across the world, with the many different platforms of streaming that we have to get our signal out to every little corner of the world, like our websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global, your devices, your iPhones, Androids, the KSHP app that you can put on your devices and here is now streaming, no matter where you take your device with you. And, of course, anywhere you get your podcasting as well. So welcome to the show as we uh, kick off this Memorial Day week of race day shows. And uh, what a great uh, great thing it is. Uh, good stuff happening in racing. A lot of, lot of uh, other stuff, too. Okay, we're going to get started to, like, uh, absorbing and recapping the Derby into the Preakness, etc. And what about the Belmont Stakes? As we welcome all of you to the show. Well, right now, <clears throat> here's the early take on the Belmont. You got Forte, who was scratched in the Derby, a 14-week wait that knocked him out of the Preakness. So he's going to, Todd Pletcher is uh, going to point him towards the Belmont Stakes. You have Angel of Empire, who finished third in the Derby, skipped the Preakness. He is pointed towards the Belmont. Tappet Trice, another Pletcher trainee, who finished seventh in the Derby. Need a little time off? He's pointing towards the Belmont hit show. Brad Cox, remember this horse finished fifth with a big move on the turn, you remember, in the Kentucky Derby. Sun Thunder, Kenny McPeak's horse, who finished 11th in the Kentucky Derby. You notice that a lot of these derby horses that skipped the Preakness now are going to back jump in to the Belmont. Now, Red Route, Red Route 1, who finished fourth in the Preakness for Steve Asmussen is heading there. National Treasure, who won the Preakness in a hard-fought battle. Bob Bafford is uh, saying he's a very much a probable for the Belmont, probably will go. Two fills, remember him? The horse that made it hard for Mage to win the Kentucky Derby? 
attend at that fast early pace and hung around, who finished second in the Kentucky Derby. He's back on the track working out now after that uh, Kentucky Derby, after passing up the Preakness. Larry Avelli, uh trainer, says hey, he's going. Kings Barn, another Todd Pletcher trainee, 14th in the Derby. What the heck happened to him? Oh, he was part of that pace that burned out. He's recovered. He's a probable, possible. Our Archangelo, Archangelo, a son of Arrogate, won the Peter Pan. That was the prep for the Belmont at Belmont Park. He's going. Possible. These are possibles now. Ray's Kane, eighth in the Kentucky Derby, a possible. Reincarnate, another Bob Baffert trainee who finished 13th in the Derby. Arabian Lion, who won the Sir Barton Stakes big at Pimlico on Preakness Day. He's a possible, and so is Prove Worthy. Another Todd Pletcher trainee who was second in a maiden special weight race at Tampa Bay. What the heck? He must have the breeding. Anyhow, that's the early list of horses that are heading possibly and probably for the Belmont Stakes, a mile and a half at Belmont Park, a couple of weeks away, though. Two weeks from Saturday, as a matter of fact, for the Belmont. All righty. We got something happening here. Um, it may sound a little confusing, but th- the more we put our wrap ourselves around this, the more we'll get a, a take on this. But a group of investors raised funding to buy 36 racehorses for this summer for the purposes of creating a novel, they say, a novel, highly ambitious, no kidding, league-type structure within the sport of horse racing. A league-type structure. The organizers of the effort announced this on Tuesday, yesterday. I guess what they're going to do is buy these horses and then run them against each other like baseball teams play each other in stadiums and the horses that have the best record over the series of races that they and only the horses that they bought that represent these leagues, only these 36 horses will be racing against each other through this series of races. And that's about all I get out of it right now. And they're going to try to start this thing. It's going to be held on five weekends and the fall at five different tracks, starting with Kentucky Downs, on the Labor Day weekend, September 2nd and 3rd. This is their ambition right now. Can't wait to hear with Jonathan Hardoon and John Lindo have to say about that. And we'll have, of course, Jerry J to give us a take on more betting situations for sure. All right, so we're going to start out this Wednesday show. That way, we'll be back with your racing menu for today and then jump right into it with Jonathan Hardoon who I know is uh, chomping at the bit pun intended talk about uh, all this stuff Belmont etc so don't go away we're just getting started on this full week of Memorial Day race days right through the big Memorial Day Monday to kick off the some 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 summertime 2023 don't 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 go away (laughs) 
Racing is fast and exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show all right back on race day las vegas as you know last week we were talking about um, all of these trainers that are getting suspended and all that other stuff and the embattled trainer safi joseph jr Took another hit with his uh, trials and tribulations, his ongoing deal, because uh, one of his top horses, uh, the winner of uh, the 2022 Florida Derby, Wida Barrio, been transferred to a new barn due to the concerns about eligibility of uh, Joseph Horses. So they took White Barrio away from him, and he's going to trainer Rick Duttrell. Got to hear from Jonathan about that uh, for Belmont Park. Now, I guess he's uh, he's planning on running this horse somewhere soon, maybe one of the races over the weekend that prompted them uh, to uh, to take him away. And, um, you know, uh, Joseph was indefinitely suspended at Churchill for the two horses that died. Then uh, Belmont Park jumped in and did the same thing. Uh, you know, couldn't run horses there. And I guess out at the Gulfstream, uh, they're double testing all of his horses. So he's he's got some stuff going on, and I'm sure that he'll uh, guess he'll work through it. Who knows? Anyhow, Fusa Ichi Pegasus, he won the 2000 Kentucky Derby, the uh, 2000 Derby winner, passed away, died uh, at 26 years old from infirmities of old age. I uh, was uh, privileged to be at that derby that year in Kentucky and watch Fusa Ichi Pegasus win. I remember this horse. He had a late start. He won a race, I think, in January. I'm sorry, in uh, December uh, of uh, the year before, uh, in 1999. In December 1999, broke his maiden at Hollywood Park then. 
and then he had limited uh, starts, and he was he was kind of a crazy horse to um, kind of control. He was like goofy, and uh, but his trainer did a great job. And uh, Fuji de Pegasus, of course, uh, he was sold for four million dollars as a yearling. Uh, to a Japanese gentleman. Neil Drysdale, his trainer, really had to work hard with him. But he won the San Felipe after that, and when he turned three at uh, Santa Anita, won the Wood Memorial at uh, at uh, at Aqueduct, ahead of his Derby win. And he is the only horse who sold for at least a million dollars to win the Derby. How about that? And so, after his derby, he ran second in the Preakness, won the Jerome, and then was sixth in the Breeders' Cup Classic before being retired. Fusaichi Pegasus. Boy, I remember him, and I got to tell you, he was one crazy animal to try to keep on the racetrack before he got into the starting gate. He was a handful in the morning and post parades and all that, but he sure can run. All right, here's the menu of racetracks available today in the race book. Simulcast centers racetracks around the country. I want to remind you, first post times we broadcast on this menu each and every day reflect the start times, the first post times in the Pacific time zone, because that's where we're at here in Las Vegas, race day Las Vegas after all, and we're in the Pacific time zone. And these will be the first post times that roll out in our race books today. So, if you're listening here at Sports Talk 1400 AM and 107.1 FM, 107.1 FM, we're there too. We're simulcasting both stations now. But 107.1 FM is still here in Vegas, so it still goes for that too. If you're here, these will be the first post times. If you're listening on the websites, apps for your devices, podcasting, however, wherever, whenever, and you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it. Don't want you to miss anything. Like, of course, I miss mom and dad, okay? Then here is the menu of a whopping six racetracks. Yeah, on our racing menu today. Don't worry, it'll get uh, hot and heavy by the end of the week. Yeah. All right, we begin with uh, Delaware Park. Now, Delaware Park has a first post time of 9.30 today, 9.30 at Delaware Park. Yeah, they're uh, they're back racing at Delaware, okay? Then we have uh, Parks Racing. Parks Racing's first post time is 9.40. You know about the two big pick five jackpots they got there. They're, they're both uh, carried over. One is uh, for $43,808. The other one uh, has $56,055 in the pot. Two pick five jackpots carried over today at Parks in the first post time of 9.40. Then you have Finger Lakes in upstate New York. Now, Finger Lakes has a first post time of 10.15 with a regular pick six carryover, not a jackpot, of $1,953. Finger Lakes, first post, 10.15. Following that, we go to Horseshoe, Indianapolis. Horseshoe, Indianapolis has a uh, first post time today of 11.30. 11.30 at Horseshoe, Indianapolis today. Following that, we've got Presque Isle Downs. Presque Isle Downs has a first post time of 12 high noon here in Las Vegas, Pacific time, 12 high noon at Presque Isle. And then we wrap it up with Penn National. Penn National has a first post time of 3 p.m., 3 p.m. at Penn National. And uh, that is your brief racing menu today. 
But don't worry. It'll start uh, stacking up by the, the end of the weekend. We'll have plenty of racetracks and racing to go, that's for sure. All right, let me bring in Jonathan Hardoon. He's probably had his cup of coffee. He's probably chomping at the bit. So here he is, Jonathan Hardoon. Good morning. Hello, Ralph. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. I want to uh, thank you for a couple of nice winners on Sunday. Uh, nice. One of them was two dollars and change. Wasn't yeah, that nice? It was two dollars. It was a race that was rained off that they scratched down to nothing. Yeah, it was, I take no credit for that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, well, you can take credit for the fact that there were eleven horses in the race at seven furlongs on the turf. <laughs> when they put it to the main track, everybody exited, so he was the only one left. So, in essence, at least you picked a horse that actually ran in the race. That's right. That was a, quite a feat in its own right. Yeah, you better believe it. But you had a nice uh, winner in the last race at San Anita, helped uh, out people to complete all of their exotics there, $7.20, with the leading jockey, Juan Hernandez. So good stuff there. All right, a thought quickly about the uh, Preakness, what you thought of it and what you think is going to uh, prevail for Well, we, we, we said it on the show that we just thought it was too much racing for imagine such a short period of time, and uh, obviously... After they went almost 49 to the half, he had zero chance of closing into those fractions. So school was that, and uh, we did have the winner, so that was good. And uh, Ortiz on the runner-up obviously did his uh, usual nonsense in the middle of the stretch. He he tries to intimidate uh, Velasquez on the Baffert horse, and uh, that didn't work out. And people were hollering, how about a foul? Well, if anyone committed a foul, it was... uh, the seven horse going into the into the one. It wasn't the one going into the seven. Yeah, that was but, Nas- you know, Nas- National Treasure, the Bob Baffert trainee. Yeah. Right. And uh, the sevens horse, which was the brown horse that Ortiz was on, you know, he just does this in every race. And it really sticks out in these big races when he, when he tries to pull that nonsense. But, you know, he didn't get away with it. And uh, the right horse won. Yeah, blazing seven. Yeah, it was a crazy blazing. day for Baffert. It was up and down. Look, he had the breakdown, having a meltdown earlier in the card. Uh, he got bombarded on, on social media. I mean, you know, people either love him or hate him. There's no in between when it comes to Baffert. And uh, it's just a shame that it had to happen on uh, Pimlico, you know, on Preakness Day with millions of people watching. Yeah. Yeah, Blazing Sevens was the horse that Ortiz was riding for uh, Mr. Uh, you know the amazing wow. thing, Ralph, about the betting in the Preakness, the yeah. longest shot in the race, there was like $10 million bet. There were two horses that were 10 to 1 that should have been 100 to 1. <laughs> I don't know. Those were the longest shots in the race. Everybody's just betting long shots, I guess. And uh, the money ended up on those on the two and the four. Uh, Coffee with Chris, and uh, I'll give you the other name in a minute. And those horses went off 10 to 1. In all honesty, they should have been 100 to 1. That was, uh, they had no right being. And that was Coffee with Chris and... Uh, and the, Chase the Chaos. Uh, Chase the Chaos. Chase the Chaos. Yeah. 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 They were 10 to 1. <laughs> let me give a, a thought about that, because I think what the betters were trying to tell, or at least convey in their own right, that they were not convinced about Mage winning the Preakness, as a lot of other people, including yourself, were. So um, uh, they were searching out for other horses in the race. And, you know, I mean, come on. Uh, the natural horse to go to would have been first mission Brad Cox horse that won the um you of know, course, he may have even been right. He would have been a close second choice, yeah. believe me. And but he was, he was scratched. He was right. scratched. So now they're searching around. I mean. Uh, the winner, National Treasure, in that hard-fought battle with Blazing Seven, got a, 
uh, a 98 uh, buyer figure, which wasn't even the highest on the day, but that's okay. But the thing about it is, with that with that bumping and driving, uh, Irad was leaning over into uh, Velasquez in the stretch. I, yeah. I, I saw a, a freeze frame of the video, the head-on video on Twitter, and it just reminded me so much of the 1962 Preakness where uh, right in and Greek money came down to the wire. And uh, right in was getting beat by Greek money. And so Manny Icaza, riding right in, leaned over and actually put his elbow into the gut of John Rotz, the rider of Greek money. But Greek money won anyhow. And the, the kicker to that was Icaza came back and claimed foul against Rotz. <laughs> they have no shame. I know. I said, well, they're, try, they're trying for their owners, I guess. So, uh, okay, so now. The winner of the uh, the Preakness, obviously, Bob Baffert's horse, went wire to wire in what uh, many people thought was like walking the dog, a slow pace, national treasure. Uh, that was a mile and three sixteenths. Now he's thinking about sending him to the Belmont. You never want to second-guess Baffert, but it would seem to me that unless he gets another slow pace, and even at that, uh, he might uh, face a distance limitation, don't you think? Yeah, and not only that, it's back on three weeks. At least these other horses out were in the Derby get that extra week of rest. You know, it's interesting because I heard that Cox is sending three horses. So the field, everyone thought the field was going to be short, but no. it's going to turn out that it's going to be a big field, actually. I think they're going to have at least nine horses in there, which will be good. But I will tell you one thing, Ralph. It's not going to be the best betting race on the card, that's for sure. They have the Met Mile uh-huh. that day and Light of Barrio. And they have, I think, six stake races that day. But the Met Mile is a race of, for the for the ages. It's really like a Breeders' Cup race. I mean, you have nothing but stake sources in there. Really, really, really a terrific betting card. And again, the Belmont Stakes, while it's their day, that's not going to be the best betting race or the best race on the card as far as I'm concerned. That is a card really for the ages. Yeah, and the uh, Met Mile, of course, traditionally – except for the last couple of years, was always run on Memorial Day Monday. So, But it's going to be vacant. It's not going to be there on Memorial Day coming uh, this Monday. They will have six stakes races anyhow, but it's uh, the yeah, but, uh, Met Mile's not going to be one of them. No, but they are loaded for Bre- for a Belmont Stakes Day. It's yeah. really, you're right. The next couple of weeks, especially in New York, but all over the country, they're, they're going to have terrific stake races and uh, – you know, hopefully they'll get some larger size fields, and uh, it looks like that's going to be the case for Belmont Day. Yeah, I, Belmont uh, Day, and that's on June 10th. Uh, they'll have the Belmont Stakes, obviously. The Brooklyn, which is a grade two for the handicap horses. Uh, the Met Mile, as you say, at a mile for the handicap horses. That's a grade one. The Jaipur, that's a grade one on the turf. The Ogden Fifth's a grade one which is also a Breeders' Cup for the uh, Philly and Mares. The Poker, a grade three on the turf. The Manhattan, a grade one on the turf. The True North, a grade two. And the Woody Stevens, uh, a grade one. So, yeah, you're right. There's going to be loaded uh, there, and that's for sure. And let's hope that the Mother Nature, the, the weather... Yeah, let's hope the weather yeah. Uh, yeah, cooperates and, and it's a clean day of racing and that's going to be a, really be terrific. Ralph, you were talking about the, this group of people that got together that want to start their own league. I heard it, they want to make it kind of like NASCAR. I, I don't follow NASCAR, so I really don't understand. Uh-huh. And I was actually was a little interested till I started reading it. Yeah. And do you have any idea what we're in for? They want six six horse fields 
That is certainly not going to attract attention, six-horse field. No more than six horses in a race. Mm -hmm. And if you belong to this league, you can't run in any other races. And other horses can't run in these races unless they belong to the league. I don't see how it could work, but listen, you could try anything you want. Maybe one of these things will finally stick, but I just don't see this being a success. I really don't. Not with six horse field. You're not going to attract big prices. You're not, you know, players want field size. They'd rather bet nine races a day with all 10,000 claimers as long as they got full fields as opposed to betting nine stake races where they have five and six horses in those races. You don't want them. You want to be able to bet and have an opportunity to make some money. So these 36 racehorses they're buying are going to compete only against each other. Each other. They Correct. can't. They can't compete against other horses during this league uh, period. Right. From September through December, you can only run in the league. Okay. Now, uh, uh, obviously, they're going to rotate like I guess the playoffs or baseball or whatever does. And then at the end, the the horse that got the most points or the most wins, I guess, wins something, whatever. But it's going to. And be what a- does that do for the fans? Just curious. What What is it going to do for the? Are we going to attract fans for this uh, coming to watch a six horse field? And rooting for a horse, I, I don't see it. I just don't. They say they are trying to attempt to create an event-focused league for thoroughbred horses, modeled after other sport leagues. I guess what they want to do is get a novice who doesn't know anything about it familiar with the horses participating in the league week after week so they, can, so they, un, they, they have a fan base for the horses in the league, and maybe that'll carry over into racing. I guess. I don't know. You know, this yeah, listen, I think you're right. They're looking to attract new business, and that's good. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I just don't see how the uh, hardcore everyday player is going to be attracted to this. This is going to be a whole new group of fans, which is good because if they're not in the game now and they can get them in the game, that's fine. So, again, trying something new and hoping it works, nothing wrong with it. But just my opinion, I just don't think it's going to work, but I hope I'm wrong. Now, of course, there will be betting on these races. That's obvious. And secondly, I think bookmakers out there, certainly the racetracks themselves, are going to create some sort of uh, league-type pool, like, uh, you know, which horse has the best uh, chance to, you know, like a futures pool for the league, I would think. And um, I guess... Each horse, I'm, I'm, and I have not read this, so I guess each horse will have the same amount of starts in this series. So it's not like leaning towards one or another. Although when when you you know when you get to the playoffs, yeah, but how could you guarantee that, Ralph? I mean, you see it yourself. They they can't get into the Derby. They get scratched. They can't get into the Preakness. They get scratched. Yeah. there's no guarantee. And now you have Heiss involved. They're going to be a lot more horses scratched. Than <laughs> oh not. man, that yeah. Can can you imagine them scratching the? Favorite? I mean, I just don't see it. That's the problem. I mean, what are they going to do? Have a horse on the bench that comes in for another horse that's going to be out with an injury or something? It just it's too much. Well, you know, know that if they're trying confusing. if they're trying to model it after leagues, you know, if a, if a pitcher gets hurt or another player gets hurt, they bring another another you, player to, you to go to the bench. Yeah, you bring in someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well. Well, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, let's see how it plays out. We shouldn't make any judgments till we see it. But I'm, you, know, but you have just, an opinion. What turned me off yeah. was the six-horse fields. That's what turned me off. Yeah, you have an opinion. That's okay to have. That's, that's, uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, we are, One thing that we are universal on the show is as people who love to play this sport 
and uh, love the sport in general is the fact that uh, we hope anything that is tried is good for the game. Right. That's the whole point. We want this to succeed. Yeah. We do this, Ralph. We love this game. That's yeah. what we wake up every day to play the game. So why not? We want it only to get better. Now, of course, we have um, a lot of stakes races coming up this weekend as well, and hopefully some of them will have full fields. 35 stakes races over uh, the three-day period into Memorial Day Monday. We are going to have a Monday Memorial Day special race day show, so you you got to work. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Believe me, these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off this week is just too much. Ah, uh, yeah. Start climbing the walls. There's only so much honeydew you can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> Because, uh, believe me, Debbie will find more work for you if you don't get back to your work. Exactly. <laughs> That's for sure. All right. In any case, so are you doing any picks today? Do we have anything? That you want? Oh, nothing, Ralph. Nothing? I'm no. going shopping. You got Today's a shopping day. Shopping? Oh, my goodness. On the list. Food shopping, yeah. Oh, food shopping. That's okay. Yeah. But when you get to the yeah. shopping where you pull out that credit card, you're in big, big trouble. No, that's for sure. All right. So what so far... Obviously, we're not going to have a Triple Crown winner this year. But so far, this uh, Triple Crown has come up pretty much a bust, huh? Yeah, I mean, these are a bunch of allowance horses, unfortunately, at this point. I mean, you know, Baffert had a horse earlier in the day that everyone, Lionheart, that everyone said should have run in the Preakness. The only difference is that was a five-horse field, and that was horse was on Lasix for the first time. So I wouldn't be thinking uh, that that horse would have won the Preakness so fast. Uh, you're talking about the Sir Barton that uh, was the first of yeah. the uh, 10 stakes races, Arabian Lion, who just kind of just rolled around there. He got a 103 buyer. Do you know that? He got a 103 in there. Yeah, race. he ran yeah. faster than, than the Preakness. Yeah. That's correct. But Baffert, I mean, you talk about you cannot have an example that is more, I hate to say it, perfect for the example of the uh, the highs and lows of this game as Baffert experienced on Preakness Day with the the shocking and uh, tragic breakdown of having a meltdown and had to be euthanized and then coming back and winning the Preakness in that dramatic fashion. And he was really emotional, no doubt about it, after uh, in the interviews, that's for sure. I never saw him so emotional like that, but you know, obviously it just hit him. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was just too much too soon, and uh, it, it was really highs and lows, exactly like you said. Amazing, and you know, horse players, and I'm not even equating to the uh, the uh, the amount of uh, pain that you might have, but horse players kind of go through this too. You know, the the uh, the highs and lows when playing the races but that's what it's all about the uh, the old adrenaline but uh, certainly not with horses that are going to break down and be euthanized that's not uh, part of the game that we all like and uh, hope to avoid and i'm sure after this triple crown and we are keeping everything crossed our fingers our toes even our eyes will be crossed that nothing happens to any horse on belmont stakes day uh, in front of another national audience it's already happened in front of the national audience for the Derby and the Preakness. Let's keep, because if it isn't, this Triple Crown will go down as uh, a, a bad Triple Crown as far as, uh, you know, fodder for PETA. Yeah, but this was really the demolition derby, unfortunately. I mean, you know, 
horses didn't make it through. Yeah. But uh, no one broke down in, in those races. But listen, having breakdowns on the card, especially a high-profile trainer like yeah. Baffert, he's a lightning rod. So, you know, the, all the haters and the naysayers and all the pizza people, Ooh, they, they're man. just chomping at the bit. They can't, This is They just love this. Believe me, they love it. The, uh, the Twitter, Twitter uh, uh, accounts were going crazy. <laughs> they were going yeah. All right, we'll let you go without a pick. After all, you gave us two on Sunday, so we'll uh, we'll we'll bask in that. Tomorrow I'll have something. I'll do something for out of town tomorrow for sure. Okay, you got it, my man. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Thanks, Ralphie. Stay safe and be well. All right, we'll uh, we'll see what uh, John Lindo has to say right after this. So don't go away. is fast and exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on race day, Las Vegas. It's always nice on days like this where we have an opportunity, a chance to chew a little fat with our handicappers who are so limited on days when we're uh, we've got a lot of people, a lot of races, and all that good stuff that that we have to get to for you, the uh, listener out there. And so we bring in John Lindo right now. John, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. What uh, what what do you say about this uh, new league? I don't understand the business model. Uh, you know, starting from the beginning, they're, they're going to have what thirty-six horses divided among six teams equally, uh, and they're supposed to purchase these thirty-six horses privately. You know, before they start in September. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've tried, but to try and purchase a racehorse privately right now, you're going to pay an absolute premium because there's a shortage of horses. Right. So I don't know what, and, and you know, they don't say what the budget is. They're looking for high allowance, you know, like grade three type of horses. Well. You know, if you're going to pay three or four hundred thousand per horse and thirty-six horses, you're looking at nine or ten million dollars to have as a budget to buy those horses. And then, um, like like Jonathan Hardoon said, 
okay, well, each team is allowed to run one horse in, in each race, so that's a maximum of six horses. Well, we've seen through this Triple Crown Series, you know, the vet issues that will come up, and the horses will be scratched for whatever reasons. And if you're dealing with a max field of six, and, and maybe there's a, a six sick horse or something doesn't go right, and you're down to four, it's not an appealing bet. And I'm just wondering, how do you fund this thing, and how does it become profitable? You're not going to do it off of the handle of a four-horse field. Uh, there's just a lot of questions I have about it until we see what, what goes on. It, it, I just don't understand the business model. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think what people have to understand is that horse racing, by its uh, virtue of its base framework, is not a sport that is like uh, league sports and to try to fit that circle into the square so to speak sometimes it uh, might be a little bit uh, too difficult and maybe we shouldn't you know we should be um, publicizing the difference in our sport and the excitement and all of that of our sport rather than trying to wedge it into something that people understand about leagues. Right, you know, I, I saw a quote in an article by Matt Haggerty about the whole this thing, and and, and uh, one of the participants says you'll be buying access to something with world class hospitality and experiences. So it doesn't say anything about the racing product. It's just it's more about the event and and the experiences. So I, you know, is it more of a social gathering type of thing as opposed to generating an interest in in the race product? That, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Let me ask you this. Uh, I didn't read anywhere where a, a, a particular uh, network has signed on to uh, show these races. No, I haven't either. And, and you know, where is the purse money going to come from for these races that are restricted to these horses? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think one of the races is supposed to be like at an yeah. Emerald Downs. So where are they going to get the money to put up for these horses to run? Is it going to come from the league itself? Uh, you know, and, and the handle on the race, will it go to the racetrack? Will it go to them? Yeah, I, I think about it from the business standpoint of, of how we generate our purses and, and make things go. And the, I just have a lot of questions because it, it, it's very vague. I mean, there's, you know, n nothing about the budgets in there and, and how this is going to happen. It's just going to start in September. Well, if I don't have any horses now and I've got to run races starting in September, I better get going. Yeah, they say this is going to culminate, I guess, at Tampa Bay Downs on dis on championship weekend on December 31st. Oh, yeah. Lots of people will be waiting to see those champions while they're getting ready to party on New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, let's let's see. How, I mean, you know, I'm all for trying something new and, and trying to generate interest in the sport. But um, let's see if they try and generate interest in the sport or, or just try and generate interest in a social event. Yeah, yeah. Because you and I both know that on New, in, on New Year's Eve, there are people at the racetrack waiting uh, to get that last race over with so they can close it down and get uh, ready for the night and the next day. That's for sure. We'll wait and see. That's Like I said, uh, we're all hoping that it works, but uh, there are some uh, variables there that uh, may be uh, too much to overcome. We will wait and see. I like the fact that people are trying new things, though, but uh, let's try to emphasize the things that work. Talking about the Triple Crown, your thought about uh, so far the Triple Crown this year. What do you? What's your overall take? Well, you know, uh, Bob Baffert's back in the mix again. He's got National Treasure now, so uh, th that was an, an interesting race. I don't think I've ever seen a Preakness where the the six furlongs split was one thirteen and wow. two. Wow! So you, you you wonder, you know, was it really 
a top-level race uh, when you can walk uh, with fractions like that. And, yeah, they came home pretty quick, but you're supposed to when you, when you get away with that. So, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be a different story uh, when they get back in the races like the Travers and whatnot. And uh, the Belmont should be a good race. Uh, so many of those horses you talked about, the Brad Cox horses that skipped the Preakness, most of them will be coming back. Top Fletcher will have a couple. And I think Baffert is intending to run National Treasure back in there. And, and I'm sure there'll be a couple new shooters. And one other thing, though, I, I thought, uh, you know, we uh, the win by Arabian Lion validated what people were thinking about First Mission, who beat him in the Lexington Stakes. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully we'll see him back relatively soon and, and see what he's made of, because uh, that looks like uh, he is a serious racehorse down the line. Yeah, I didn't see a first mission on the list of probables or possibles, so we'll wait and see. Uh, maybe uh, he's looking for someplace else because that is a mile-and-a-half race. And my thought was about National Treasure that he went slow and he had a hard-fought battle just to, to hold the lead after slow fractions at a mile and three-sixteenths. You wonder if he has distance limitations. He's by quality road, but still. Well, I think he'll run all day. He's just one pace. And I think one thing you learned about him, like when he broke his maiden, yeah. when he makes the lead, he's tough to pass. Well, there aren't many races in grade one company that you're going to be able to go 49 and 113 and 2 in early fractions and get the lead and control the pace. So, uh, you know, that that's the problem. You're but... going to have horses that are faster early, and now you're going to have to be versatile and come from off of it with a target. And he hasn't shown he can pass the horses to win at that level yet. But the Belmont Stakes uh, at a mile and a half is one of those stakes races that is more possible to get those fractions than the Preakness obviously was, right? Yeah, that's why I think uh, he, he makes sense for a race like the Belmont because the pace will be in his wheelhouse. I got to tell you, at first blush, uh, obviously Forte is going to be the horse that probably will wind up the favorite. But I, I look at a horse like a Hit Show who made a menacing move from the rail in the Kentucky Derby, finished fifth in that race. I mean, he completed the Superfecta, and he's a son of Candy Ride, trained by Brad Cox. I think that could be a, a live uh, horse with a little bit of a price to it. Yeah, I, again, we'll see how the the race shapes up. I, I tell you what, after he won the Tampa Bay Derby, I, on my notes, I wrote down for Tampa Trice, this is the Belmont horse. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because he tends to break slow, he, he's not quick in the stride, you have to get after him, but he'll run all day. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't menace in the Kentucky Derby finishing, I think he was seventh. Seventh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think he'll love the mile and a half, and uh, those big wide turns for him, I think, is a good thing. Uh, and, like I say, Forte, he's got... They're putting it on a tee for him to reestablish himself when he comes back to the races after all the when I'm going into the Derby. Yeah. So, you know, if he comes back and dominates that field, he's right back where he was at the beginning of the year atop the three-year-old crop. Well, we're looking ahead to this weekend, the Memorial Day weekend, and i got to tell you, Santa Anita is uh, stacking it up with uh, they've got eight stakes races over uh, Sunday and Monday and two on Saturday for this weekend. So you're looking at ten stakes races over the weekend at Santa Anita. And uh, I think there's going to be some pretty good competitive fields. 
Yeah, the grade ones are on Memorial Day. You know, we'll, we'll have the grade one races like uh, uh, the Shoemaker Mile, the Hollywood Gold Cup, and the Gamely. And then Sunday will be for the Calbreds. There are five stakes races for the Calbreds, so it'll be kind of a state-bred day. Uh-huh. And a couple stakes races on fr- on uh, Saturday. So, yeah, I think the racing will be good. Uh, we finish it off with good quality at the end of the weekend. And, uh, and the Memorial Day is always fun for racing. The weather will be great out here. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'm, I'm just hoping, knock on wood, we'll get some bigger fuel sizes you know it was a little light last weekend and uh, i'm i'm assuming some of those cowbred stakes might be light but maybe we see a horse like the chosen brawn take on brickyard ride or something yeah, like that those are two nice. good sprinters i'd love to see that now john of course memorial day is always a fun weekend in racing in southern california but it it lost something when it uh, when hollywood park left Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the Hollywood Gold Cup, is they changed it to the Santa Anita Gold Cup when Hollywood first closed. They've re, yeah. re, re, gone back to the old name, the Hollywood Gold Cup. But, yeah. uh, you know, we had great races, uh, the Californian over there, and, yeah. and so many good grass races that Charlie Whittingham used to dominate with oh, South yeah. American imports. Yeah. And uh, they, they had a great stakes program over there. I, I miss Hollywood Park, uh, you know, the, the racing out there, and it was fun. And uh, so, and, and we yeah, really, that, that, we really yeah. did need the variety of, of racing besides just Santa Anita and uh, Del Mar and uh, sprinkle in Los Al a little bit there. I mean, that was a good balance there. And Hollywood Park, of course, very close to the uh, uh, L.A. airport and the uh, shoreline uh, in the Pacific, it always uh, was a little cooler there, and it really it, it had that summer atmosphere to it. I think the fans, too, like the change in venue every yeah. once in a while. And it's also good for the horses. I mean, uh, you know, Santa Anita with a six-month-long meet. Now, we've had some breaks with the bad weather this winter. Yeah. But in general, those turf courses take a beating. You see what happens to the turf course at Gulfstream Park when you race on it year-round. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to maintain the surfaces with all the pounding that they're going to take. So getting a break, going to a different place. And in Southern California, you race at Santa Anita in the winter. We used to go to Hollywood Park, which is near the ocean because yeah. it starts to get warmer. Yeah. And then you get right on the ocean at Del Mar for the summer. It, it, the, the circuit made an awful lot of sense. Yeah, it was a lot of fun psychologically, too, mentally, because you're competing every day and throughout the entire year. You know, this is not a, a business that people can take a one-month vacation or whatever unless it's forced on them, that's for sure. Coming up this weekend, though, at Santa Anita, I guess they're going to offer a million-dollar guarantee to a single-ticket winner in the Pick 6 jackpot Saturday and Sunday. And then whatever happens those two days, on Monday, Memorial Day, there will be a mandatory payoff in the Pick 6 jackpot pool, right? Right. And you know, if you're looking for reduced takeouts, Canterbury opens this weekend with yeah. 10% takeout in the Pick 4 and the Pick 5. Uh, you know, I, I'm more interested in that than the jackpot guarantee where I have to make the guarantee myself. Yep. I like that discounted takeout rate. Yep. And I'll tell you what, they do a good job there at Canterbury Park, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have them back in the fold for simulcasting as well. Well, John, what's your uh, what's the Leno Report schedule for this week? Well, I didn't realize there was no Belmont tomorrow, so I've got Churchill down set to go for Thursday, and uh-huh. then we'll be at Santa Anita Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the holiday Monday. And you'll be with us on the holiday Monday as well, as all our handicappers will, that's for sure. So we'll uh, ease into this big Memorial Day weekend uh, from uh, this show on out, and uh, certainly... It'll be a, a lot of fun to watch uh, what's going on in the sport and certainly uh, for uh, all the great races that are about to come up. It's going to be a good weekend of racing. I know that. Always. Uh, the fun days. You know, we're uh, on the edge of summer now, Ralph. You better believe it, my man. That's for sure. 
Although we have a little cloud cover today in Vegas, that's just fine. It's still 77 degrees. All right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. God willing, Crick don't rise at our usual start time, 7 a.m. And uh, John's going to give us the last word. Have a great race day, everybody.